I don't even know what that's going to do the, to the audio, Mona. <laughs> Her head is like right up on the microphone. Maybe it'll be like a good pop filter, you know? <laughs> yeah, maybe. Really get those maybe plosives. Maybe it'll help my plosives. The, the quality that... Oh, God, both cats are here now. What have I done? <laughs> <laughs> um, I think they can, sense, they can sense that I'm trying to do something. And they're like, how dare you? How dare you? Oh, there they go. Welcome to Direct-to-Video VHS. VHS? A podcast for her movies like Fine Wine. Mm-hmm. I am your host, Tony Robusto. And I am your host, Andy Reyes. This is how we watch Return to Far, which is... It's the first one. Which is the first Return of Jafar? <laughs> <laughs> no, it, it's... I guess that's true. It's, yes, it is the first Return. It's the first Direct-to-Video sequel. Uh, kind of wild we didn't end it earlier uh, but the thing is there was a third one so it was this whole thing I, I think I, I think the bigger conversation that we had is that neither of us were particularly attached to the Aladdin IP you um, were not particularly attached to it fair enough I wasn't an Aladdin head yeah I think I'm more attached to it like for instance I used to watch this movie as a kid oh I see now I did bring up while watching it that every time, not every time, but most of the time I watched it as a kid, I fell asleep during it. And I would have told you that I enjoyed this movie and that it was frustrating to fall asleep during it. But as an adult, I can watch it and say that for about half an hour, nothing happens. It's, it's <laughs> bad is not the right word because it, it there's it, good it, stuff in it. I was going to say bad insinuates a level of substance that this movie doesn't have. Right, it's just like <laughs> empty. It's it, what it is. There is like there is like an episode of the Aladdin TV show in here. Not, I wouldn't even say that. This to me was like a House of Mouse skit. Ouch, that's mean. Yeah, right. Like I just I don't think what's there that's good is so infrequent that all of the bad stuff just kept like coming at me. And like the there's like two things about this movie that are like wildly terrible. I will tell you my broad opinions on this movie, and obviously we're going to, like, dig into it more. Mm-hmm. But broadly, the issue for me is that, one, I don't like the heroes. Yeah. Like, the heroes have stopped being interesting characters. Yeah. Aladdin does one thing that's interesting, and then everything else is uninteresting. And nobody else, like, Abu, the genie, the princess, nobody does anything interesting in this movie, except for Iago and Jafar. Iago, the main character of this film. Right, yes. Iago and Jafar manage, both of them manage to still be, like, not as hammy as in the original Aladdin, but, like, hammy enough to, like, be the entertaining parts of the movie. And they're not in it enough for that to work. This needed to be Iago's movie. Also, they give Iago two songs. And honestly, he shouldn't even have one song. No. His... The way that Yago works is just like yelling and being like a weird jerk who's he, trying his best. It's, it's it's and I'm not familiar with it because this is a little before my time, but it's just Gilbert Godfrey doing his thing. That's what he was in movies mm-hmm. and TV, right? For like a generation. Loud, angry guy. If as if when he wasn't wearing yellow face. The less upset about that, the better. 
was that the thing that that he? Because I I remembered there was a thing, but again, it was also kind of before my time. Like the only thing I know Gilbert Gottfried from is this and the Affleck commercials. Yeah, same. That's that's what I. But like he he was in like a ton of stuff for a long time, but he essentially was playing the same character, loud, mm. angry, like bit, uh, bit character that everybody kind of tolerates. And it works in this movie when they let it work. Um, but very often they don't let it work and do stuff like give him a song. Give him two songs and they're both give him, awful. They're neither of them are good songs, but more importantly is even if they were good songs, he wouldn't have been able to deliver. Them. No, because it's because he sounds like Gilbert Godfrey. Godfrey. <laughs> like you, you don't want to hear that guy singing. It's like maybe he should have had one song to like introduce the movie, but then he could have stopped. I I think the way you do it is you you do you what you want is you want a character singing and him interluding to be a sarcastic asshole, right? Which they kind of didn't which they kind of do and it almost works except that he's pulling like a scam like he's not doing it being a sarcastic asshole to make the opposite point which i think makes it works work less and also they try to get him to harmonize in that song and it's just it's not good (laughs) what it is is that and i i i say that i don't know gilbert godfrey i'm not gonna defend the guy i i don't know i don't know anything about him i know he got into a kind of some hot water a while back for like some jokes and poor taste. No idea what he's doing now. Him singing sounds like the seagull from The Little Mermaid. That is a very good comparison. The joke of his singing should be that it's bad singing right? and then it stops. But it's not. They like they give him two songs and there are like four songs in the movie. Uh, do you think it's because he was the big name actor still on this movie? I wonder. Do you know who they got for Jasmine? Who? I didn't know they replaced her. I can't remember her name, but they got Odette from Swamp Princess. Really? Yeah, and once I realized that, I could not stop hearing it. I'm looking at this uh I'm looking at this actress's IMDB and like ninety percent of it is Princess Jasmine. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. No no no. That's they did not replace Princess Jasmine. Princess Jasmine has a different singing voice. Oh. That is Odessa. Yes. Okay. Apparently, she's also the singing voice for Kiara in Simba's Pride. Which I guess makes sense. Was she just like hanging around when they were making direct video movies? Yeah, she's just there. She's like two buildings over working on Swan Princess 5. Before we got Swan Well, this would have been around when Swan Princess 1 came oh, out. Oh, that's true. That's true. So she's like right down the road, right? This is when, right. um, what, didn't he like, 90s. didn't he like open his studio, like literally down the road and like across the street, the cojones on, I forget that. Oh man. Richard Rich? No, the, the animator who like founded. Oh, oh, oh. Lives, he lives oh. like where you live now. Yeah, no, he does. And I can't, God, we watched at least one of his movies for this podcast yeah well we watched at least for three because we watched very one the mouse one yeah the mouse Rachel one toaster who the fuck is that i'm gonna look up five old mousekowitz and hope that that gets me there don bluth don bluth don, don bluth, bluth. Yeah. wow shameful display <laughs> don't worry that's all cut out it really sounds like we know who don bluth is yeah yeah don bluth um this this movie 
starts. Let's start. Wait. Before oh, before we start. We can't even start yet. Before we start, we need to talk about negative depictions and or mistreatment of people or cultures. Yes. So Disney Plus, and I think this is the first time I've seen this because I didn't watch Aladdin or Peter Pan on Disney Plus. Um, I watched those through other means. Completely legal means. Completely legal. I actually think I might have watched Aladdin on Netflix. Oh, back in the day. Back in the day. Back when Disney Plus was like new. So I hadn't seen this. You've seen this. Yeah, I've seen it um, occasionally when, when we watch something. I also saw it before a couple Muppet Show episodes. Yeah, I mean, honestly, the reason at least one of the Muppet Show episodes had this message was because of the same thing. Because I can tell you almost exactly what the issue is that is considered offensive enough to put a content warning on. Now, what they should do is they should just say the thing so that you are actually warned about the content, but they don't do that. No, they they are taking, they're trying to do what Warner Brothers did, right? But Warner Brothers um, content warning, I think is better. It's a general content warning. It just goes in front of all of Looney Tunes now. So they don't have it over like specific episodes or whatever. They just were like blanket, like, hey, there's a lot of shit in these cartoons that's like, bad but to change them to go back and fix it wouldn't be true to the reality of what it is that these cartoons were doing i i like they're basically looking at looney tunes as like a historical artifact which it is disney doesn't see its movies as art um, (laughs) because it sees them instead as corporate extensions of their um intellectual property their brand so what they've gone with is verbatim i'm gonna just read it this program includes negative depictions and or mistreatment of people or cultures these stereotypes were wrong then and are wrong now rather than remove this content we want to acknowledge its harmful impact learn from it and spark conversation to create more a more inclusive future together disney is committed to creating stories with inspirational and aspirational themes that reflect the rich diversity of the human experience around the globe to learn more about how stories have impacted society, visit Disney.com slash stories matter. Your video will start in 12 seconds. I wonder uh, who got stuck with writing the page Disney.com slash stories matter. I bet there is nothing very interesting on that page. Oh, I bet not. It's not worth getting into now. If we still did uh, DVD extras and wanted to bring them back, that could be an episode. Um, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I th- And there, there are... A, a lot of problems with this. And the first one is the thing that you mentioned, which is that they don't tell you what it was that was bad. Can I tell you what it was that was bad? Yeah. I am 99% sure that this is the issue with it. It happens in the original Aladdin. It happened in that episode of the Muppet show. It happens a lot in cartoons. I think even now, although cartoons are, are better now about that stuff, but like it would definitely happen in old Warner brothers or Disney cartoon. Yeah, it is. A joke about people wearing hats from other cultures. Abba's ball gets his hat cut and it's revealed that he's bald and that's the joke. It's not funny, mm-hmm. but they put it in there. The Muppet one did something similar where there was a, a hijab uh, and it was so so it's supposed to be like a beautiful woman and it turns out to be a bearded man. Mm-hmm. But it's a Muppet. 
The problem is that that whole episode of The Muppet Show, I was sitting there, like, waiting for blackface or something. Yeah. Because I'd just seen this, and I was like, what awful thing did they do? And then I saw that, and I was like, oh, yeah, that's not great. But I wish I'd just been told that it was going to be that. And this is kind of, I think, the big problem with corporate, the corporate culture's, like, use of content warnings, which is that... It doesn't do its job. It doesn't warn you of what it is that is that that you are about to see that's bad. Because I, I think there's some other stuff in this in this movie particularly, and also in the original Aladdin that's like worse than that joke. Both of these movies have have like a segment where Genie does like goes off and does like some questionable impressions of a variety of other cultures. I think it's worse in this movie. Hey, do you know why it's worse in this movie? It's because Dan Keston. Castellaneta. Castellaneta cannot sell this character. He is, from beginning to end, the most annoying character on screen. Getting, I'll get to that later. The other, so mm-hmm. like the other problem is that the statement that they want to learn from it and spark a conversation. What what the fuck conversation are you sparking? It's just it's not true. And to say that they could say that like. It represents something that they're trying not to do anymore or something like that. But like the idea of sparking a conversation is nonsense because it's not about the conversation. They literally just want to show you one of their most popular movies and don't want to remove content from it. Yeah. Now, at that point, I'm talking about the original and not this one. <laughs> yeah, they should just remove this one. I don't know why it's I don't know. Like nobody's going to miss it. And then the third problem is... And this is to to me like the real like kind of having your cake and eat it too, which is the 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 after this content warning because the first three sentences are objectively a content warning, but the last two sentences are marketing. Yes, right. It's like we here at Disney are amazing. Um, you should go to our website to learn about how stories have impacted society instead of anywhere else. <laughs> Literally anywhere, no, else. anywhere else. You could have you could have linked to like a website that from like a like a nonprofit who's committed to like ending exploitative like cultural appropriation in cinema or something, right? Like like no, go to our website. Well, but that would require Disney to actually like give the backing or have the backing of something like that. And I don't think either of those is true. No, and it's it's such horseshit. Disney doesn't care. Disney like Disney will like cancel production on a movie or a show fire people on the dot for for even suggesting that like hey maybe this isn't a cool way to go about representing this culture yeah i'm glad we got that bit in right there because uh i did cut the rant about disney being uh having their cake and eating it too about queer people uh because it just it was just us being too mad at the end of the (laughs) fairy episode yeah no, absolutely. It's so. This is a fine place to put at least that idea. Yeah, it sucks. It's it's so exploitative, and they don't actually care. And like the the lack of effort put into these content warnings shows that to me. But anyway, the actual movie. Let's talk. Yeah, let's let's talk about the actual movie. I tell you what. I don't know how long it's been since we've watched a two D animated direct to video sequel by Disney. I almost missed this animation style. It's bad but it's like competently bad Mm -hmm. the colors are all wrong and that's really the thing that bothers me most the whole movie feels washed out like they Mm -hmm. like they put like a like a filter over it somehow 
Well, we start the movie with a, a reprise of Arabian Nights. I assume this was also sung by Dan Castellaneta because it's not. It must be because it's not Robin Williams. And canonically, the, the, the guy might be the genie. <laughs> yeah. And I also who we don't see. He, he's not. No, we don't see him. We'll see him in the next one, I think. Um, but also, they I don't think they could have used reused his voice from the first movie, right? No, that would be... Heck, I don't know if that's legal. Yeah, they would have had to pay him. So so after the reprise, we, we are in the midst of a tomb robbing? I think it's just banditry. I think they have robbed a caravan. Oh, okay. Which I do enjoy because I, it allowed me to stop and think like, well, people did get robbed. They didn't get their money back. It's probably just a bunch of rich jerks. But Yeah, you know, just like some king from somewhere like no my gold fuck him this is when we meet abysmal uh. and his group of bandits abysmal is a bad character voiced by jason, jason alexander, alexander the guy from seinfeld you know which one george from seinfeld and he sounds like him there isn't like any spin put into this you know who i would like from seinfeld in this role actually it's newman oh i was thinking kramer no, 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 because here's the thing. Um, God, I can't remember Newman's name now. I was going to say Paul Newman. Like, that's not his... That's Paul Newman. Paul Newman. No. Yeah, you know, Paul Newman. It's the guy from Jurassic Park. And his name is... Wayne Knight. Because Wayne Knight has done Disney villains before. We've seen him in at least one sequel. Yeah. I don't remember which one. But I remember talking about him before. And and he was uh, he was actually the villain in Toy Story 2. He was Tantor. And he was Tantor. Tantor the one redeemable part of that movie. <laughs> like, I know that Wayne Knight could have put some charm into this character. But Abismal is just, like, obnoxious and kind of boring. And he does do some... He, he is a little bit interesting in that Jafar gets stuck with him, but he's not interesting enough. He's not... He's nothing, right? He, he, he boils down to, you know, we got Jason Alexander in a closet for a day, and he's not really trying. <laughs> now that I think about it, I think he disappears at one point. Yeah, there's like a point in the movie where he's just kind of gone and we never address that. Like right at the final battle, where'd he go? It doesn't matter. So these guys have just uh, robbed a caravan or whatever. And then bam, here's Aladdin. He kicks all their butts, steals all their gold, flies away on a magic carpet. And at this point, I'm thinking, isn't Aladdin the Sultan? Well, like sultan in waiting i guess yeah he's he's but he's rich now right he lives at the castle the palace but it, it was very confusing to me because i thought because he's wearing he's wearing his you know his uh street rat outfit street rat clothes yeah and and i'm his like classic and i'm like uh, why you can afford to wear like a better fit now i'm you know what this is probably just better for me is like jumping off of stuff fighting people oh yeah 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 for his, sure his 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 prince ali clothes are pretty billowy yeah but you he you you could have given him, like, a new fit. A little more streamlined than the Prince Ali clothes, but, you know, maybe retain the color palette, but make it a little more, like, uh, thief-y so that, you know, we can sorry. see that he's moved up in the world. Sorry, 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 sorry. We're not retaining the color palette of anything. The colors are all wrong. That's true, that's true, that's true. <laughs> maybe I'm asking too much already for them to retain color. <laughs> yeah, how dare you? Anyway, the, the bandits have these evil horses, which I do want to bring up because they're just like evil coated horses. These are very evil horses. They also, these bandits have fucking Looney Tunes powers, including Abismal. 
Yeah, but um, I think that that's just because this is a Disney Tune movie. But I, I still don't like it. I don't like seeing Looney Tunes shit in my Disney movies. Like, I love Looney Tunes shit. I just, it, it's, it's, it's just something, it's like a flavor that I just never expect when I go into these movies. And it can be hard to get stakes across when you have stuff like that happening. Yeah, because there, there's a point in this movie where falling to your death is, like, actually, like, dangerous. Right. Like, specifically. It doesn't matter, though. Aladdin has flying carpet, so he gets on the flying carpet. Um, and it turns out that the reason Aladdin is stealing from thieves is to give back to the poor people of Agrabah. This is the one and only interesting thing that Aladdin will do. I actually quite like it because I just got done watching Squid Game. Squid Game has a very annoying bit where I think the protagonist is a very shitty rich person. Mm -hmm. Like, poor person made rich person because he's, he's like, unable to figure out what to do with his money, basically. Yeah. And, like, here's Aladdin. He's, he was poor. He's rich now. He hates being poor. And so he'll just throw gold at people because being poor sucks. Yeah, like, and that gold lands right in the lap of what I can only assume is Mary and Jesus and... (laughs) <laughs> two other kids okay fine but in that case it is not canon that, that the genie is christian <laughs> <laughs> it's fair fair um I'll, t- I'll i'll take that l um i it's it's wild right because what on the one hand it's like nice Mm-hmm. But on the other hand, it's so shallow. I think, I seem to recall that the Disney TV show, or Disney TV show, the Aladdin TV show, occasionally plays with this idea of, like, the the inequality in Agrabah. And I don't know if it is ever really addressed, because it should be addressed by all these people who we know are good, generous people who also have all the power and money. Yeah, I mean, maybe they're just they're just waiting for the old man to kick it, right? Like they can't, you can't do radical like poverty reform while this like old shit is like sitting on his little pillowcase. Like I need, I, I'm be looking British as shit, being like, I I need more entertainment. Cut off your hand for me, please, genie. Like Jasmine's looking at him like as soon as he dies, you know, we'll mourn for a day and then it's like end of poverty. Jasmine's been poisoning his uh, his drinks just a little bit each day. For years. Completely untraceable. Speaking of Jasmine, they really did her dirty in this movie. She is somehow less of a character. It is astounding how little she gets to do. The first thing I noticed about Jasmine was, and I think this was just in the first scene, and it makes it's fine because her boyfriend just got back home, but she was so extremely DTF in the first scene where we meet her, and it was almost The raw sexual tension between these two. <laughs> it was very strange. It was, I, I have never, I think, in the entirety of Disney canon, been like, this is a little much for a kid's movie, isn't it? Uh, and it's weird because they, like we established, they did not replace Jasmine. So this is Linda Larkin, who played Jasmine already, just like, going weirdly hard and putting a lot of like um like breathiness in her performance yes yes and that that was what that's that's what it was that made it like extra horny awkward watching yeah it was weird it felt like i was watching a parody sure 
like on SNL, they do the Aladdin parody. Yeah, and like I don't know. And Jasmine's super horny because she doesn't. I don't know. You you know what an SNL yeah. joke looks like. I don't need to keep and going. Scarlett Johansson's playing her because it's her turn this week, and she still hasn't learned her lesson. <laughs> oh, God, I'm trying to remember like the order of events here. This movie's so boring. Well, okay, so he gives Jasmine this, like, pretty That's flower right. the, thing. That that uh, Abu really doesn't want her to have, and it's like, my guy, you're in the lap of luxury, dude. Abu is weird. I'm not quite sure if he's, like, jealous of Jasmine, or if he just likes gems. I know that Abu likes gems, so I'm not taking that away from him. But sometimes he seems jealous of Jasmine. It's like, okay, this isn't addressed, so it doesn't matter. He, he just serves to add some wackiness to a scene. And then the genie shows up. So wackiness achieved, I, the, I guess. Yeah, the genie, the genie shows up and we get, we get a song. <sighs> this, okay, wait, no, wait, fuck. Sorry, we skipped the beginning, beginning of this movie, which is um, Iago's first song. Okay, wait, stop. That can't be the beginning either. Oh, you know what it is? At the end of this scene, Aladdin goes to get changed. Right? No. No. Because he gets caught. Yes. He gets caught by... The bandits. Because he finds Iago after this scene. No. Yes. Wait, I have it. I have it in my head. I can... So <laughs> You're he, rotating he the, the bandits. He, he fought the bandits. That was the opening scene because that was the Arabian Nights. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He fought the bandits. He goes to flirt with Jasmine. Jasmine tells him there's an important thing for, for the dinner tonight. He's like, Cool. He's going to go get change. Cut to the middle of the desert. Cut to the middle of the desert. Um, so we haven't met the genie yet. No, the genie comes after Yaga. Okay, cool, cool, cool. Which seems weird, but I'm pretty sure it's No, right. I think that's correct. So we cut to Iago, who has gotten uh, Jafar's lamp and himself out of the sand. The, the buried cave of wonders, presumably. Which I guess he can do because he's not a genie. Yeah. So take that, Cave of Wonders. That's the, that's the secret. Oh, I came up with the perfect explanation for what the Cave of Wonders is. Perfect to me. And I don't think I ever mentioned it on the podcast. All right, hit me with it. I was thinking about this. I was thinking the last person to have the lamp made three wishes, right? Mm-hmm. They wished, one, riches, two, magic carpet. And then they tried to do a tricky third wish where they wanted to be able to keep their riches forever. They were going, I think, immortality and to be rich forever, but instead they turned into a magic cave that would not let anybody steal anything that belonged to them. And that's why there is one thing you can take from the Cave of Wonders. The genie's lamp. lamp. Because it doesn't belong to him. Not anymore. Like whoever holds the lamp owns the lamp. Right, that is my explanation for the Cave of Wonders. That's awesome, actually. I really like that. I was really excited about thinking of. <laughs> I thought of it like two weeks after we recorded our ah, episode. <laughs> that's rough. Because I was just sitting around thinking about this giant sand tiger. Like, where did this giant sand tiger come from? And like, now we know it came from it came from Robin Williams. And that's that's a pretty hard like genie twist, right? On right. Like, yeah. Well, we know the genie does twist stuff because because I just said twisted, and here we are meeting Jafar. Meeting Jafar. Um, Jafar doesn't respect Iago, and Iago's like, you know what? I should go on strike. Uh, in solidarity now with I the stand IATSC. With Iago. Yeah. 
<laughs> and he has a song. Here's the thing. This song isn't, I think this song could be kept and for this move, this, this movie could still work, except it should probably end when he throws the lamp into a well. Because the song's called Looking Out For Me. Yago's singing about how he's like done relying on other people. He's just going to look out for himself, right? Mm-hmm. The thing is, it goes on for a while. A while. He throws away Jafar's lamp. Jafar is angry about this, but what can he do? Well, he's he's a, a yeah, lamp. he's a lamp. Uh, and then Iago makes his way to Agrabah. He's still singing. Still singing. And proceeds to just steal a bunch of stuff from Boots while singing about it. Gets into a big dance number with a bunch of other animals. With pigeons, then- I believe, which cannot be native to that region. Or maybe there's some kind of dove. I don't know. There is one. The one thing that I think that this does establish is that for some reason, people, normal human beings, see Yago as a, just a weird miscreant. Because it ends with the shopkeepers like throwing a bunch of fruit at him and telling him that they'll like kill him if he tries to rob from them again. If he tries to steal from them again. Not rob. Robbing implies violence. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no one. No one's like a talking bird. Right, which is what would have happened in the original lab. Birds don't yeah, talk. Yeah, he, he was also he was pretending to be just a regular dumb parrot. I think honestly, what the song tells us is that we're a little bit looser with reality in this version. Yeah, yeah, for sure. This, this is uh, this is a more surreal experience. This song is bad, but not nearly mm-hmm. as bad as uh, the genie song. Good. God, we can't get to the genie song yet. Yeah, because how does this confluence of so events Aladdin even happen? is gonna just walk about the town because he's excited about being rich now. Yeah, he's being like, able to I'm walk gonna walk around like a prince. Yeah, I'm gonna walk around like a prince, looking in my look at me in my fancy clothes. And immediately, Yago's like, ah, I can use this. Yago may be setting his sights a little too high, but it is established that this is, like, the stuff that he knows how to do. He tries to, like, get in with, you know, the people in power. So he's like, he's like, oh, oh, I was, I was mind controlled by Jafar. Oh, I only just got away. Please help me. And Aladdin doesn't buy it. Does not buy it at all. And they are getting into a fight just as Abbas Maul and his goons. Uh, sure, his goons. His evil goons. And his goons show up, and they all attack Aladdin. They get into a pretty slapstick fight that <laughs> at the end of which, Aladdin is going to be beheaded. No, not even beheaded. This guy's about to put that sword into his gut. It's gonna be nasty. But Yago saves him accidentally by using the Looney Tunes logic of this world, catapulting Abba's wall, for some reason not up. But across. But across, hitting all of his bandits, but not Aladdin. Somehow, even though two of them were holding him up against a wall. Yes. And then they are all chased out of town by the guards who are still bad at their jobs, can't catch anybody. Those guards should all be fired. They're very aggro and very bad at their jobs. Those guards weren't hypnotized. No, they Those just guards for Jafar. straight up betrayed the Sultan. Why do they still have a job? Those guards should have their heads on pikes outside of the palace gates. They should be skulls chattering in the wind. <laughs> like, it is... 
baffling to me that Jim Cummings gets to still have a job. <laughs> Threat and, and later he threatens Aladdin. Like, motherfucker, that's gonna be the next Sultan. The next Sultan, yeah, that was baffling to me. He's already, like, the second most powerful person in Agrabah. He's gonna be the most powerful person in Agrabah. Have you seen the Sultan? That guy guy is, like, one bad chicken leg away from the afterlife. That guy's, like, one quarter into a pinball machine away from just being murdered. Iago has accidentally saved Aladdin, and Aladdin thinks it's on purpose. At, At least, still, like, he owes him, even if it was an accident. Aladdin, believing that this is the best way to uh, be square, tells Iago that he'll get him a fair trial, which is uh, a pretty brutal thing to promise somebody who helped instigate a coup. Yeah, that's that's very like, hey, listen, I'll do my best to make sure you get a fair trial. Great, I get to die faster. <laughs> right. But he brings him and he, and he locks him in one of the bird cages in the uh, in the palace. Because Aladdin might be boring, but he's not a fucking idiot. Like, he still doesn't right? trust Iago. I appreciate... Okay, so I everybody's super boring and, and bad at, at what they're doing in this movie. I think Aladdin makes mostly good decisions and then for some reason can't, like, speak when he's supposed to be able to just talk. It is... the, the This movie could have been... A lot shorter if he just said, hey, listen, the bird saved my life. We're going to get halfway through this movie before, like, the meat of the movie actually starts. The first half of this movie is just this first day dinner and the genie arrives, Iago arrives. arrives. Honestly, it should be like 15 minutes. Yeah, uh, Dan Castellaneta genie shows up and has this song. I forget what the name of the song is. It's like, uh, the only thing you need is a friend. Nothing in the whole wide world like a friend. Maybe. Look, it doesn't matter. It is an exhausting song. It's supposed to be fun and it's just not. And part of the problem, You Ain't Never Had a Friend Like Me, is a showstopper. And it's Robin Williams, like, going all out. And that level of energy is, like, contagious. And it's so much fun. And this is, like poorly written and it has the effect of like watching a guy who had never done stand-up comedy before go up and do a robin williams impression for five minutes it's so clearly like not robin williams but also trying to be him and i i have to assume that at the time that would have been like oh this is bad but now is particularly cringe inducing Are we we, we talking about the one guy who had the video that I didn't watch? Yes. (laughs) I am am actually specifically talking about this. I don't know who the fuck this guy is. He's a piece of shit in my mind. Like, (laughs) I I hate that this man exists. Um, But yeah, like, what this movie is doing is, I think, like, they didn't know, right? Like, no, how could you know, right? That in, like, you know, one, that you were going to get Robin Williams back for the next movie. But two, that, you know, he would... Uh, he, he, he's, he would tragically, you know, make this choice to end his life so so suddenly, right? Mm-hmm. To, but to hear an actor impersonate uh, this other actor, it's just, like, so cringe-inducing. And it doesn't help that this song is, like, poorly written. No, it's really awful. And this is the bit where I hear Odette, actually. Yeah. one, this is the one song that Jasmine gets a line in? No, she gets... Oh yeah, no, she gets that other song. I'm sorry, but but uh, more importantly, it's the uh, 
This kind of feels like a song from one of the Swan Princess Oh, it movies. absolutely does. You think maybe like the cat's going to come back and he's going to sing a song about all the cool adventures he had? Uh, yeah, so it's a song about how he traveled the world, but he wanted to see his friends again. And it's like, gosh, you could have just said that. Genie, actually, did you know that? Did you know you could have just said words? We could be done. Then Genie proceeds to be the most annoying character. Insufferable. Just awful. This is the catch-22 of, like, what Robin Williams did in the original movie, which is that in the original movie, he had a script that he treated largely as a suggestion, right? Because he's Robin fucking Williams. He could do whatever he wants. And also, the 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 team on Aladdin encouraged him to do it because they're, they're like, yeah, you're funnier than anything we could write. Because you're, you're Robin Williams. Now, do you think that maybe that means that they wrote a script for the genie here that was follow- that was based on what Robin Williams might do and was followed to the T, and that's the problem? I don't think that that's the problem, but I think it's <laughs> a big problem, right? Like, you, you have a team of very not funny writers trying to write the spontaneity and improv and humor of Robin Williams and then bring in some other guy to act it out like it's improv and you just get like stilted, annoying, wasteful bullshit. Oh, it's awful. Everything, and here's the thing, everything that GD does in this movie is awful. The characters keep trying to get away from it. <laughs> like, like, no, oh no, Genie, of course you can come have dinner with us. <laughs> Oh, yeah, no, it's no problem. God, listen, Aladdin, you need to get him the fuck out of here. (laughs) Yeah, the best part of this movie, honestly, is watching the genie get totally owned by Jafar. Good, because that (laughs) is the best part of this movie. It's the best part of this movie. And, like, I was going to say, it's also, like, the only song that works even a little is Jafar's song because it's, like, a diss track to the genie. Yeah, it's great. (laughs) It's just to be like, I'm better than you. Keep trying to fight me. It's hilarious. You are an ant beneath my heel. The the the. What, I, he has so many good lines in that song. And don't get me wrong, I take umbrage with the idea that a person who's been a genie for a week would be better at the, at it than a genie oh, no, no, who no. was it for a thousand I, years. I actually, I actually love it because for two reasons. One, Jafar has wished to be the most powerful genie. Oh, that's fair. Which means he's just better. Mm-hmm. And two, in this scene, Genie says that he is not as powerful as he used to be because the lamp is destroyed. Yeah, for sure. Or the lamp is gone. For sure. And so that means that Genie has like a major downgrade because Genies get most of their powers. I assume from granting wishes, I guess, in this universe. And then Jafar was just always going to be better because of the Genie's magic. Yeah. It's really solid. I actually no, I, I love it. I, I still love it. I just think that they're they could have they could have been a bit slicker with it. Oh, there is. I mean, there's no subtlety in this. Movie. No, an interesting movie, right? Would be like Jafar, who is like who is quote unquote the most powerful genie, right? Using his raw magical power, and then you have genie come along, and he's like, "Well, I'm not as strong as him, but I was a genie for thousands of years." Whatever. Yeah, but you are asking the genie to be an interesting character, which he which he's not to be in this movie. But I think it would be cool, right, to to have him be like a yeah, like you're powerful, but 
I'm the Joker, baby. Like, I got the power of <laughs> chaos and, like, learning how to, like, sub like subvert these rules that you don't have. It is maybe kind of established that he can bring people back from the dead, but he doesn't like doing doesn't it. doesn't like doing it because they come back wrong. And, and, like, let's talk about Jafar because he's close to the movie now. Um, hey, he's not. There is a, there is a while... <laughs> I, is that is this, before we actually get to the far? Oh, that's hilarious because the only note I have after my uh, my improv note is Jafar is too close, which means I didn't write notes for quite a bit of this movie. All right, <laughs> let me tell you what happens. So they all go to dinner. Oh shit! Yeah, that's right. Yeah, they all they all go to dinner. The Sultan's really entertained by the genie being back, which is fine. Yeah, because he's a shallow little shit. Yeah, no, the Sultan's also pretty uninteresting. Yeah. At the, at the dinner, he announces that Aladdin will be made his royal vizier. Mm-hmm. That's an upgrade. Which is, is, is an upgrade. Also reasonable. It makes sense to give him, like, an official job. Yeah, you can't just be the, like, you can't just be, like, the fuckboy in waiting. Um, right. And then Genie ruins everything again by bringing up how awful Iago is. And by reminding the sultan that uh, Iago force-fed him crackers. Right. <laughs> and Aladdin's like, no, fuck, no, no, no. Meanwhile, Abu gets Raja to attack Yago because he thinks that's hilarious. I agree. <laughs> Which, fair. And then Yago starts, like, smashes into the room because Raja's gonna kill him. And so, oh, now it's out that uh, Aladdin has brought Yago into the palace and he has lost the trust of both the princess and the sultan. Here's the thing. I'm not going to tap the table anymore. It's going to be too loud on the computer. (laughs) But here's Here's the the thing. thing. This doesn't matter. As soon as it is addressed, it is gone. This added drama is highly unnecessary. Also, highly unbelievable. Like, Jasmine goes on about how, like, oh, you lied to me again. This is different. like, okay, a little, I Yes, but, like, he lied to you for, like, a couple hours so he could ease you into it. Yeah, <laughs> like, this This wasn't, like, this wasn't, like, I don't know, him making up a fake story about how he was a rich prince from a foreign land. The deeply frustrating thing is that all Aladdin needs to say, and Aladdin is, like, canonically silver-tongued. Like, that's part that's of what, his That's character. part of his thing. That's the whole reason the Prince Ali thing worked is because he had the gusto to pull it off. All he needs to say is, Yago saved my life, and I want to give him another chance. Because even if they don't agree with that, they will understand his motivations. But he won't say it. He, like, specifically doesn't. It's 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 like the writer of the movie is, like, whole, is like putting a gun to his head, like, don't, don't. We need to have the a modicum of tension for at least the next five minutes before the plot starts. But, but that's the thing, is then we get the other song with Yago and Jasmine because the genie convinces Yago that he has to get Jasmine and Aladdin back together. Here's the thing. He doesn't. They're not broken up. They had a fight and they will talk about it later. But right now they each have to be like mad for a little bit because that's how humans work. Yeah, right. Like it's like that's that's how disagreements happen. The, the idea that, like, this disagreement could end their relationship is, like, laughable. Because if that was true, then they shouldn't be together. But they have this they have this song that I 
Oh, that almost works and doesn't. And part of the reason it doesn't is because they make Guilford Gottfried sing again. And they make Princess Jasmine really boring. Yeah. Like, the fact that this is basically her character arc of the film is being mad and then getting over it is really irritating. They they almost do something really interesting with her later and then you find out it's a trick. And I was hype for it. (laughs) Even though I thought it was stupid. I was watching that and thinking like, huh. I like because I knew I remembered most of this movie actually. I, I was watching that and I thought, huh, that'd be way more interesting if that was Jasmine. Right? Uh, the one thing that Yago does that I do like, and it really highlights like what he should be doing in this movie, is all of the other sidekick characters are like hanging around while Aladdin and Jasmine are like getting ready to make out. Yeah. And he's just like, Ever get out of here. What is <laughs> wrong like, with you? scares off the genie and Abu. <laughs> and, it, and it's like, great, if you guys need me, I'm just gonna go, like, be rich. Uh, yeah, I'm gonna go be my favorite thing in the world, lying in luxury. And it's great. He should just have stuff like that to do, but he doesn't. Now we get to Jafar. <laughs> now we get to Jafar, who has been closing in, but now he's Jahir. Oh, no. Uh, I, I, uh, I- Intercut through all of this is Abysmal finds Jafar and also all of his goons are going to kill him because they're tired of his shit. Uh, they like found out that he's Jason Alexander. They're like, you're our least favorite <laughs> character. <laughs> you're the most annoying one. I don't have any opinions about Seinfeld. I never really watched the show. The, uh, but before they can kill him, the the lamp comes to life in his hands and Jafar shows up and and he's like, oh, I get three wishes. So he wishes for for the the gold of a lost ship. And Jafar's like, okay, and teleports him to the bottom of the sea. When Abysmal almost works. By the way, can we talk about his name for a second? It's it's Abysmal. Yeah, it's his name is literally Abysmal. And that is like the most like a writer, like thinking they're a genius. <laughs> like, like fucking rich white boy. I'm a genius writer shit that I have ever seen in any of these movies. No. <laughs> That's all we needed to say about it. Abysmal almost works when it is about him clashing with Jafar, because he is technically the master in this situation, but he doesn't either have, like, the smarts or the bravery to, to mm-hmm. say that. Yeah, or the budget. Fair. <laughs> so Jafar has to, like, manipulate manipulate him into getting what he wants. So for instance, he wishes for a treasure that was sucked to the bottom of the ocean, and Jafar zaps him to the bottom of the ocean. And then he makes him waste his second wish, wishing them back, which is also pretty solid. So now, now he has no bargaining chip, right? But but here's the problem, is Jafar also really doesn't have a bargaining chip. Yeah, he got rid of the second wish, which I keep on thinking was a bad move. Like, that's the one you want. Throughout the movie, I'm like, he should have brought him back. Although maybe he couldn't have. The genie in the first movie told Aladdin that he couldn't save him unless he wished for it. Yes. Maybe he was just, like, taking a risk here. But he needed this guy scared of him. And it worked. It totally worked. So it makes this guy scared of him. He says he wants to get revenge on Aladdin. Navasmal's like, I want to get revenge on Aladdin. Great. So now they're going to act. And they find Iago in the palace. Also, they sneak into the palace because, again, these guards are terrible. The guards are terrible, but frankly, 
Jafar seems to have a lot of... And it's never super clear how much genies can like affect the world around them without a wish, but they can. So maybe Jafar could have made them invisible or unnoticeable or something. Or, or maybe just Jafar being the previous royal vizier just like, has such a good lay of the land. He's like, oh, this is where I would sneak out when I didn't want anybody to know, to I, know I, was I leaving. wasn't in the palace. Yeah. yeah. They sneak into the palace, they find Iago, and, and Jafar is like, well, well, well. I guess well, actually, well. canonically, Jafar does have a secret tunnel escaping the palace, right? Oh, yeah. Why didn't they use... I guess maybe they... I, you know what? If you know about Jafar's secret tunnel, the first thing you do once Jafar is, like, revealed is, let's get rid of that secret tunnel. So, they find Iago, Jafar approaches him with a proposition... Yago is freaking out, but Jafar's like, oh, don't worry, I'm not, I'm not here for revenge on you. Which is kind of great, because it's like Jafar knows Yago well enough to, to, like, expect exactly this from him. He says this much later in the movie, right? Like, Right. He's like, you betrayed me, and then as soon as you were in trouble, you betrayed them, which is just, just wonderful. It's why I like you. It's your modus operandi, and I love it. I love that you're a coward. <laughs> yeah, so Yago feels bad about this, but Jafar is terrifying. We're, we're like half an hour, maybe 40 minutes in at this point. I about clocked it. We're about 35 minutes into this 66-minute movie, and it's starting. And it's starting. Thank God. Is what's happening. Uh, the rest of this movie will be a bit easier to get through than the first half. Just because stuff is happening. Stuff is happening. I still think that the second half of this movie isn't... It's garbage. Great. I wish that Jafar had some better defined goals and was like a little bit better of a villain, but there's good stuff that happens too. Yeah, they, they also have a, a thing that I don't know how I feel about it. I kind of like it, but I also kind of hate it, but we'll get to it. So Yago convinces Aladdin to take the Sultan out on a magic carpet ride to make up with him and he says he'll go to but to leave like the genie and abu and everybody so that he and the sultan can can make nice and frankly it's not a bad idea on its face which is maybe it's it's maybe the part of the plan that works best like getting the sultan alone because it makes sense for aladdin to want the sultan alone yeah so they fly off there's a moment where uh he he proposes this plan and Mm -hmm. jasmine is like I guess we can trust you now. And he almost breaks. Iago almost breaks and is like, no, I'm going to be a good person. But then like the these massive eyes of Jafar eyes. are like watching him from the curtains. And you're like, fuck, that's the possibly the best drawn frame in the movie is just yeah. like over over Iago's shoulder. Aladdin and Jasmine looking at him like expectantly. And then these big Jafar eyes like. What are you going to do, little man? That's king shit right there. That is the theatricality I come to expect from an evil villain. Right. And Jafar manages to keep that for a while. But then there are bits where he's just like lame because the movie needs him to be. I just I, I kept wishing that this was like a slightly better movie that had slightly more of a focus on on his like because Jafar's still so hammy. He's not quite scar he wants to be yeah, yeah but he's like on that line and that's great it's what i want it's so it, it i i love i love a, a like a hammy theatrical villain right like mm-hmm. especially in a movie like this where your, your main characters are kind of boring because they're like goody two-shoes good people 
it's it's nice to have some character running around. And in the last movie, we got to have it with Genie and Jafar. And in this movie, it's like only Jafar. Right. And Iago. And Iago, who, who is fine. In the second half of the movie, he's much better than the first oh, half of the movie. absolutely. He sings less, I think is why. <laughs> 100% him singing, Him not singing for the second half of the movie get, takes him from like a two to a seven. Yeah. <laughs> um, so they go off with the Sultan and the genie and Abu, who wanted to go and have a picnic with him, just have a picnic there in the, uh, in the palace grounds. Mm-hmm. And then their picnic is crashed by spiders which turns out to be Jafar. And he starts, again, this diss track because the genie keeps trying to blast him with magic and it doesn't do anything to him because he's just better. He's got all these great lines. Like, uh... Now I can only think of the pinky line. It's not that good. The start of the song is, I must admit your parlor tricks are amusing. Yeah. He says, like, you make... You'd make a better living as a spinning plate. It's just all this good stuff. There's a reference to Psycho for a second there. <laughs> yes, yes, there is. It's weird. Um, I like this song, though. It's a good, it is the one song in the movie that works. The The one thing I have against this song is there should be a moment in that song where Jafar kind of states his intentions a little bit better. Right, because it's not really... It's not a villain song in the way that, like... Ursula's song is a villain song or like be prepared because it does it doesn't have him like saying what he wants because he because it's already most of the way through the movie we know what he wants so it's 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 just about him and the genie which is good and bad one I I like that it's it's just about like talking about how the genie sucks but like you say that would be more interesting if the genie was more of a character himself and it was less about just taking a tool away from a lad. Yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. Which which he does. He locks the genie up in a borb. Mm-hmm. I guess technically it's green, so it's a gorb. But um, any uh, any locks up a boo. Locks up a boo, funsies. just in case. Well, you know that monkey got it, got it, got into a lot of shit in that first movie. So I get yeah. it, right? Like, gotta lock the monkey up too. Gotta lock up the tiger. I don't know if he does lock up the tiger. I assume that it... I don't remember Raja being locked up. Yeah, I think Raja just disappears after attacking Iago. That is so weird. I didn't even notice that until you mentioned it. Oh, man, this movie's bad at keeping track of people. Speaking of of which, uh, right around this time is when Aladdin changes costume in the middle of nowhere. He changes back into his street rat clothes at some point. Oh, he does. Right, so he can be in the final fight with a street rat clothes. Well, actually, do you want to know why this happens? I assume because somebody animated him like that. No, it's it's because the first half of this film and the second half of this film were animated by two different studios. One was done by uh, the uh, Disney Toon Australia, which was the, the in-house TV animation studio at the time called Walt Disney Animation Australia. The second half was animated by Walt Disney Animation Japan. Well, they should have just given the whole thing to Walt Disney Animation Japan because, well, I, that's not fair. It's probably, they probably didn't write the script. Yeah, probably not. They probably did the not write the script. The second half is better, but it's probably not because of the animation studio. Yeah, the animation style just does change as well, which I noticed. I was like, oh, the, the animation is shittier now, but mm. the stills look better. Mm. 
um, that's weird. So I noticed that the animation style changed, but I just thought like, oh, they probably just ran out of money. But uh, no, it's just it's a completely different studio, which blew my mind when I read it. Uh, and they so they didn't get the M.O. that he was wearing his Prince Ali costume in that scene. Oh, jeez. Okay, so yeah, they fly off. They go to this little like out of the way, like I don't know what it is, like a like an old ruin that is all like overgrown and gorgeous. It feels like it, like one of the temples in Jungle Book. Yeah, it does. It's even on the top of a waterfall, just like the one where uh, where King Louis was. Secret Easter egg, maybe? I guess possible. I don't know. Maybe it's the type of stuff that sometimes happens. And then they get attacked by Abismal with a group of bandits who are on even more evil horses. <laughs> The horses before were bad. These but horses these ones, are satanic. These ones are like the ones that are chasing down Cinderella for some reason in Cinderella when all the horses were evil. Oh, yeah. I was thinking that this was like uh, like uh, that one scene in Sleepy Hollow. I don't know if you remember that movie. Yeah. Like these horses are evil as shit and they have bat wings. They, uh, they get bat wings. And it's like, what the hell? Oh, yeah, that's the thing. The- Here's the thing that irritated me most. He immediately knows this was this is Yago's fault. Like, we're in the middle of nowhere. We shouldn't have been found. Yago betrayed us. Yeah. He thinks, he appears to think, in the wildest take in the movie, that Yago betrayed him to Abyss Mall. Yeah. What? Now, Aladdin. <laughs> Aladdin, buddy. If Iago betrayed you, I feel like it should clue you in as to... Who's behind Who? this magic? Who could? Do you not have any other villains? <laughs> Maybe a bigger villain from the previous movie. And so the point is, he's surprised when the when the horses can fly. Yeah, what? what I think I, I think the line he says is, "Abysmal knows magic." Like, yeah, he does. Are you high? He like hasn't put it together. Did you hit your head on a rock? Like, what's wrong with you? <laughs> In fact, I don't think he does put it together until Jafar no. literally reveals he, he, his face. Yeah, until Jafar literally walks up to him and is like, it was me the whole time, Aladdin. So the Sultan gets kidnapped. Aladdin does a pretty good job trying to get the Sultan back and it doesn't shake out. Doesn't shake out. He falls. He almost dies at the bottom of a waterfall, but Jafar saves him for reasons unknown. Can I talk about this scene? Yeah. This scene is very important to me because in the... It's one of those scenes that's like, this movie's really boring, so you start coming up with theories about it, because if you don't, you're just going to be tired. Aladdin is in the water because of Jafar's spell. He, like, sent a whirlpool to grab him. Yeah. And so he's dragged under, thrown over the waterfall, and then he casts a spell that makes him not, you know, die on the rocks, and just drift safely to land. And Abbasmal's like, why'd you do that? And Jafar says, well, it's not part of the plan, he's not supposed to die yet. But I think that before he was a genie, Jafar would have just let him die. And now that he's a genie, he can't. No, see, I would agree with you, except for the caveat that as Aladdin is going towards the waterfall, he catches a rock and then Abysmal flies over and kicks him off of it. Mm. So now it's Abysmal's Mm. murder. I still think that... Because this is all Jafar's plan. Jafar is really trying his hardest to kill Aladdin and giving reasons why he's definitely killing Aladdin, but he actually can't get it done because that's one of the rules. I mean, he gets pretty damn close. 
But he doesn't. You'd be surprised if she could live through it. And this is the thing in the movie that I thought I liked, but I think I hate, which is this line. Here's the thing. It is delivered surprisingly late in the movie. Uh, and it's delivered three times. By three different characters, which I like. Because it's, it's, it's mirrored well. Yeah, I, I think it's a good, I think it's like a good line. I think it's well written, too. Like, I think the line as it stands is pretty great, especially when you, in regards to the rule that genies can't kill. Mm-hmm. What I don't like about it is that it was, it's so late in the movie. And so because of that, it feels like you're getting slapped with it just three times in a row. And it's like, I get it. It's, it's like when Marty McFly suddenly hates being called a chicken. And yeah. you're like, but I just watched a movie, a whole movie where that didn't matter. That wasn't a plot point. Yeah, it's wild. But it doesn't help that it happens in like the last 20 minutes of the movie. And then you just get hit with it three times, right? Like it should have been brought up earlier. It should happen really early on because something Jafar says to Abba's Maul first. Which means that they had all the time in the world to say it earlier. Mm-hmm. And then Genie says it to Aladdin. And then Iago gets, gets it the last time. The time when it would be dramatic to say it. To say it, yeah. Now, oh, can I say something I dislike about this movie really truly? Yeah. I don't think Jafar should be trying to kill Aladdin at all. Because he said there are fates worse than death. But he just wants to kill him elaborately in a way that shows that he wins. Yeah. Which is not a fate worse than death. It's just death. It's just death, but with like a, a like some added spice to it, you know? Some accoutrement. And, and don't get me wrong. That accoutrement was badass as hell. I love that accoutrement. Some of it was very good. But he could not say fate worse than death. Or, or, or he could say like the perfect revenge or something. Yeah, right. Revenge is a dish best served well cooked. Aladdin shows up at the palace. The guards are like, get him. He killed the sultan. Uh, They don't believe his story about all the weird magic horses, even though, I mean, even though, (laughs) they live in Agrabah. Yeah. A giant snake terrorized the palace, like, not a year ago. Right. And then Jasmine shows up, and she's like, you killed my father, I found this in your room, which is hilarious, the idea that he would kill the sultan, take his hat and put it in his room. Hilarious. But doesn't matter. But it's the Sultan's hat, it's all cut up. So obviously the Sultan's dead. That's the only thing that can mean. That's the only thing that can mean. And so Jasmine sentences him to death and is very angry, sad about it. Uh, But it turns out actually it's just Jafar, whose acting skills are actually pretty good. Pretty fantastic. Like Aladdin believes it hook, line, and sinker. And I, I honestly, I was like really hyped for this. I was like, this is bullshit. You gotta, you gotta, like, listen. Jasmine, you gotta trust your boy better. But it's also so good. But it's really cool. The real Jasmine probably would have given him the benefit of the doubt. I don't know about that. Or at least, like, said, what was this doing here? Instead of immediately sentencing him to death. Yeah, the, uh, the, what is it? The, uh, the Iago gate. I don't know what to call it. (laughs) Yako Gate works. I feel like if if maybe if they had done it a little more elaborately, right? Like the hat there, maybe it's like there's some blood on the floor, and Aladdin standing there holding the knife, looking over like the balcony. Then she'd be like, "To death with that guy." I feel like if if Jafar had put a little more elbow grease into it, she, he could have gotten her to, to to do it herself. But he didn't. No, he's 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 in it for the speed run. He only <laughs> has twenty minutes to have to do the movie. That's true. He, so he puts a he puts a box on Jasmine's head, so she just teleports down to the dungeon and is already locked it's up. Already locked up. Then he does a really a really 
a really hard trick where he has to like jump, turn sideways, clip through the wall, and then end up in front of Aladdin as he's being executed. Right. Those are speed brunt checks. So uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> they uh, the guards are going to chop off Aladdin's head. Princess Jasmine, quote unquote, shows up to say goodbye and then flashes the Jafar face. In front of all these guards. Ah, uh, maybe you made it so only Aladdin could see it. Maybe Look, it's not so, but the movie could have done it better. Meanwhile, Yago, who is uh, not happy about his role in all this, is trying to break the genie out of his ball. So that he can save Aladdin. So he can save Aladdin. He manages it. The genie saves everybody. And now they're all together like, yes, time to, time to, time to, to stop Jafar. Yaka's like, hey, no, he's like magic. And we're not. And the, honestly, I kind of like this too, where Aladdin's like, hey, listen, man, you did your part. Right. You're free yeah, to you go. You didn't need to save me, and you did. It's like, well, fine, I, I will go. Yago leaves. We never see Yago again. No. Because we, we've never seen a movie before, so we assume he's So we gone assume forever. he's gone forever. And so they go to stop Jafar, who at this point is getting into a little bit of an argument with Abismal. He's sitting on the throne. Right. So Abismal wants gold. He wants to use his wish on gold. And Jafar's like... Just no, use your wish to free me, and I will just give you gold. So he magics up a bunch of gold. And I was, I was like, wait a second, wait a second, wait a second. What if I free you and all this disappears? Which, you know, good question, actually. That is possibly the most insightful, intelligent thing that this character has done the entire movie. And this might be the late date in which we hear, you'd be surprised what you can live through, <laughs> when Abbas Mall says genies can't kill. Yes. During this argument, and I actually quite like this argument because what it does is it gives them a like time limit on this little heist of theirs. Because they, the our good guys, they need to get Jafar's lamp because, one, if any of them just holds the lamp, they are the master. That yes, and done. Boom. But two, if they destroy the lamp, he's gone. He's, yeah. However, Abismal, if he finally gets Abismal to wish him free... Then he's just a problem. He will be less powerful, but still the most powerful genie, which is bad. I think at that point, though, you could have actual genie kill him. Maybe they could go toe to toe. It's unclear. But like at this point, the lamp is his weakness. Mm-hmm. And so they try to get it. There's a bunch of like wacky gold falling from the sky. It makes it impossible to grab. I don't remember who eventually gets it i think they're discovered i think like aladdin not a small fight over it they're discovered uh we get like a really long fight scene where the uh they like eventually make it outside the walls of the palace right but before they can get their hands on the lamp jafar shows up in his ultimate genie form uh and he just starts you know cracking eggs to make this omelet so here's the thing abismal is gone now i don't know how it happened frankly uh but he's gone he will not be in this movie anymore, and, you know, best of luck to him in the future. Yeah, listen, Seinfeld's gonna run for, like, another year, maybe? <laughs> so... He'll be fine. He'll be fine. Meanwhile, to get them from getting the lamp, Jafar makes, like, puts the lamp on this big pillar or a rock, and then, like, turns everything else into lava, and 
just I again I don't think this lava can kill anyone. But, but it could it, it probably could seriously maim you though. So Aladdin's not itching to jump in and find out. Right. Uh, and Aladdin's toast, though, because everyone else has gotten away from the lava, but Aladdin jumped in there because he's like, you know what, maybe I can get this lamp, and he just doesn't quite make it. Mm-hmm. And then, who comes to the rescue? And then when Genie's fucking monologuing, not Genie, Jafar, but Jafar, Jafar. the Genie, uh, yeah. is monologuing, I was like, Jafar, shut up. Which I did enjoy. It's fun. Uh, I do think I do think he sort of telegraphed his move there. Yeah, I mean, listen, a smarter, a smarter, more genre-savvy person would have just taken the lamp while he was monologuing, and then after he had it, been like, hey. Shut up. Yeah. I do love a good interruption of a monologue. Yeah, it's solid. It's, I'm trying to think of, like, my favorite one, but there's, I'm, like, coming up blank a little bit. I mean, the famous one, I think, in memes is the uh, Incredibles one. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. With the, the whole, oh, you got me monologuing. <laughs> Yeah, that's that is really good. There's also there's a really good one in Clone Wars that you mentioned to me, where uh, one of the captains is like monologuing to Obi Wan and I believe another Jedi Mm -hmm. about how like you can't kill me if you kill me, you're just as bad as I'll be. And then in the middle of that, Anakin just like walks up behind him and like ganks him with the lightsaber. It's like what? I don't think I was the one who brought this up because I don't remember this at all. Somebody told me that this happened in Clone Wars and I was like, that's awesome. That's like a good that is Anakin pretty moment. Solid. And and uh, yeah, that's a great moment for him. A person who is not treading the light side very well. Yeah, he is he is he is playing hopscotch with the light side and the dark side. Although frankly, I do think anybody who says, Oh, if you kill me, you're as bad as me does deserve to get killed with a laser sword because they don't understand morality. Yeah, that's not how uh, it works. Yeah, absolutely. Like <laughs> at this point in his life, Obi-Wan has killed so many people, including a Sith Lord. Like Right, and this person, this is the one. Like, nah, fam. Like, but bye. Let me introduce you to my death stick. <laughs> He starts doing the Obi-Wan walk where he just walks real slowly and spins his lightsaber around. Yeah. Do you know about the Obi-Wan uh, walk? Yes, I know exactly what you're talking about. Uh, well, for the un- uninitiated, that's what he does right before he murders Darth Maul. Mm-hmm. He just starts and, walking around them and then like twirling the lightsaber <laughs> like, are you done? And Grievous. <laughs> uh, uh-huh. Anyway, Yago gets the lamp, he gets shot with some magic he lands he smited on a rock with, with the lamp, and with the last of his strength, kicks the lamp into the lava. Then everything, like I was all said, does start just turning back to normal. Uh, yeah. Jafar dies pretty spectacularly. I mean, I, I wish they'd had the animation budget to make it look good. Yeah, like, he, he gets, he starts like glowing weird, and then he like gets like, his skeleton shows up, which apparently <laughs> genies have skeletons with tails. Maybe it's just because he used to be human. Oh. There's just some human in there still. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then he like yells to dis- and disappears. Uh, and he's Jagon. He's dead forever. He is dead forever. Fun fact, in the series, uh, he teams up with Hades because he's dead. That is fun. Uh, I think killing him is a bit much. It feels very weird because this is the first, this is the introduction to the Aladdin TV series? Yeah. And it feels weird to say, okay, well, first off, no more Jafar. 
What I think this is meant to do is make Yago one of the good guys for the TV series. No, right? for sure. But by That's getting point. getting rid of Jafar, I feel like it's such a large backstep, right? Right. Now you have to build everything else from scratch. Like, oh, well, let me introduce you to my other evil vizier. <laughs> that would be a great end to this movie. <laughs> this movie actually has a pretty good ending, I think, uh, because it's just Iago screaming. But Iago's dead. Goes back to normal. Yago. Aladdin grabs Yago and does like a cool flip out of the disappearing canyon of lava. Which like, it could, you could have done this this whole time. He does like a tuck and roll. Oh, and the carpet, which I didn't mention. I wanted to mention the carpet. Not looking good in this movie. Didn't get over that cold. No, but the carpet. Um, during that final scene there, the carpet is taken out of commission because it's like turned into glass and then shattered. Shattered. Which I guess means that Jafar was allowed to kill the carpet because that's pretty dead. If if that didn't kill the carpet, I sincerely hope that that carpet cannot feel pain. <laughs> because oh no, that's some shit. They go back to the palace and wrap everything up. Aladdin says he doesn't want to be the royal vizier because he needs to see the world, just like the genie did. And Jasmine's like, great, I'm going to go see the world, too. And Yago loses his fucking mind. It's like, what are you doing? This place is great. You could just be rich and powerful. Because that's always his endgame. Yeah. He's, he says something like, how do I always get wrapped up with these with these?" I, I forget exactly the phrase he uses, like broken people or something. Yeah. Uh, and that's it. Yeah, and it was uh, it was fine. Some of it was good. Some of it was bad. It, it, this might be kind of the er Disney directed video movie because it's not as fun as the original. I would. It's kind of the one of the weakest ones too, right? Because it's like it, it, you get a really strong sense of like we don't know what we're allowed to get away with. Mm-hmm. But like, but at the same time, managed to get one crazy thing in there, like killing Jafar, right? Simba's Pride, which I do, I think, honestly, is a worse movie because How it has... dare you? Let me say why. Because it's longer and I feel like has very little, like, comedic moments in it. That's it's like it is a very, very serious movie. movie. Yeah. It still is, like, doing what it's trying to do better. Yeah. And then, like, Pocahontas 2 might, like, genuinely be my favorite direct-to-video movie because it's insane. It's fucking wild. It, it has no business being. <laughs> it has no business uh, existing. Uh, I I would be hard-pressed to tell you which of these is my favorite. It's definitely not this one. This is a boring movie. It's only 66 mm-hmm. minutes. It felt like two hours. The 66 minutes really saved it. But there were multiple times where I paused it to be like, oh, we're this far into the movie and nothing's happened yet. Yeah, it, it, it is a movie in which like once like by the it, it feels like a TV show. It, it 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 has that that quality of both animation and also writing. And it just mm-hmm. I, I think at the end of the day, I appreciate I appreciate these direct to video movies that are actually trying to be movies and not these movies that are trying to be like a pilot episode for a shitty series that like is going to run for two seasons. I think we will really get something from King of Thieves. Well, that's we're that's return to form, baby. Yeah, I like I really think King of Thieves King of Thieves is the good one. Mm-hmm. Yes. But although it's been a long time since I've seen it, it might be bad. 
<laughs> it it's the one that I've heard I've heard so much about King of Thieves, uh, specifically about the King of Thieves. That uh, I'm excited to see. If- you mean this? You mean this guy who looks like Xanatos let himself go? <laughs> there are some people who are into that. You know, I'm excited. I'm excited to see what, if anything, it is. If it is anything, but this movie was nothing. I I I could live my entire life not watching it again. Yeah, I think it was fine, which isn't to say good. Yeah, it's like fine. It's kind of not worth the 60 minutes to watch, but it's pretty inoffensive. We've watched, I think some of the fairy movies were worse just because they were longer. Oh, they're so long, right? So like, I mean, there's that, it has that going for it, but yeah, you're right. It doesn't really know what it can get away with. And so it feels like it doesn't know what it wants to be. It's too boring and not enough, not, there's not enough levity in it to be funny Mm -hmm. Uh, and the parts of it that are trying to be funny are so unfunny that it's painful <laughs> to me. <sighs> I, I lied to you. I, I, I looked, I'm looking at a list of all of these sequels uh, and I know which one my favorite is. It's Cinderella three. I don't know if Cinderella three should count. Cinderella three was really trying to do something in in a way that a lot of these ones weren't. I, I think that's going to have to be my favorite direct-to-video sequel of, of the run, because it's so good. Is it brought down at all by the fact that it comes out after Cinderella 2? Maybe the worst one of the But run? you don't have to watch Cinderella 2 to enjoy 3. <laughs> no, that's true. You don't have to watch Cinderella 1 to enjoy that. That's true. You could just watch Cinderella 3. It'll walk you through that first movie by design. Thank you for listening to direct-to-video VHS. VHS. I have been your host, Tony Robusto. I have been your host, Andy Reyes. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at TheaterBats, where I am mostly posting videos of my cat. It's true. It's very good. And you can find my comic at InspiredByTrueEvents.org. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Royalty underscore Valens. These days, I am mostly retweeting anytime anyone brings up a strike that's happening, because I think they're cool as shit. <laughs> I mean, they are cool. Uh, kind of like not funny. No, uh, no <laughs> account to follow, which is what I originally got into Twitter for. But Twitter's changed. Twitter, yeah, Twitter is no longer what what it was when I joined way back when. But yeah, and you can find my uh, my other podcast uh, where in we watch every best director, best uh, feature film, Oscar award winning movie ever called uh ins- what i was about to say called inspired by true events.org that's not it oh no <laughs> <laughs> uh yeah um i didn't decide off on this yeah called time honored pictures you can find us at timehonoredpictures.com uh we have just watched what have we the informer so uh did you know that ireland had a had a revolution we did <laughs> cool <laughs> sounds exciting yeah i don't know if it's exciting all these history, uh, most of these history movies are uh, really sexist, is my takeaway so far. I, I do feel like the thing that we have run into is like, how much can we talk about how sexist these movies are? Because it's a lot. <laughs> uh, but this one, I genuinely don't know what we're going to talk about. So we'll see. Cool. Uh, and you can find the podcast and more video content at direct2.video. 
Mm-hmm. If you uh, are listening to us on your favorite podcatcher, we would really appreciate it if you rated us five stars. And thank you to Lee Rosevere for Planet E off the album Trappist One. Oh my gosh, I almost forgot at that time. <laughs> uh, and then next time, wait, is that all of our things? Yeah. Yeah, I think we're good. Yeah, I was got to check. Next time we're going to watch... King of Thieves. Um, well, is it Aladdin and the King of Thieves? Yes, it is Aladdin and the King of Thieves. Not the King of Thebes. That's a different guy. Right. That would be what the Hercules sequel was if they had ever really made one. I would think that that would be uh, the sequel to... Was it Moses, King of Dreams? Oh, Prince of Egypt. <laughs> That's where Thebes is, right? It's in Egypt. Duh. God. Is Thebes in Egypt? Yeah. I think it's called okay. Luxor now, right? Like, I, I have to look this up. Oh, there is a Thebes in Greece. There is a Thebes in Greece. Okay, I was... No, but which... Okay, yes. They can't... One of them has to be older. I mean, presumably, the Thebes in Greece is very old. It's... Well, it used to be called... What's up? It used to be what's called... That? Yeah, was that? And now it's you? Luxor. Heracles actually takes place in Thebes. Yeah. Uh, that is according to to Wikipedia. Huh. Apparently, as early as the Iliad, the Greeks distinguished the Egyptian Thebes as the Thebes of the Hundred Gates, as opposed to the Thebes of the Seven Gates in Greece. <laughs> so I feel like the Egyptian one is better by default. <laughs> They're like, man, we have so few gates. They have like a they have like a hundred gates. They have like a hundred gates. We have like I don't know seven. seven? So yeah, King- Chuck said he was gonna maybe build a gate this weekend, so we'll see. We'll see. We might get up to eight. <laughs> <laughs> oh, watch, watch that throne, thieves, because we're coming for it. Says Boetia. Um, yeah, <laughs> what, uh, Aladdin, King I of Thieves. Ghost <laughs>I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to send a text, and then we can get started. Okay. Oh my god, you too. Now you too? Could you hear that? I did not. Okay, cool. I, I have now been filled with an intense fear that my recording might be stopped. Oh no. <laughs> what is happening? You've never done this before. What are you looking at? Can you hear that? Yes, I absolutely can. <sighs> She's sitting next to me on the desk. She's on the desk staring at the ceiling and going off. I don't know what's up. Oh, oh that one hurts. I think they can hear each other, maybe. Mm. They're sensitive cat ears. Ah, <laughs> oh, Jesus. He's not here right now. There are only cats. <laughs> yeah, right. I'd like, I'd like you guys to meet my cat, Yahweh. <laughs> cat am, who am. Honestly, that would be a great name for a cat. It would be deeply, probably insulting, but I'm not, I'm not actually sure. I think... No Judeo-Christian person is supposed to use that name. Well, I'm Catholic, so it's different. I don't think it is. I didn't even I didn't even know that Yahweh was a thing until like adulthood. Because when I went to Catholic school, they did not teach us that. I well, from what I can tell, like Yahweh is not that's not accepted as like Catholic canon. Mm. Right? God doesn't have a name. He's God. That's what he is. It's like... (laughs) 
God, this is, the, this is the dumbest thing to say to that. It's like Columbo's dog. Yes, <laughs> yes, yes. It's a, it's exactly <laughs> like that. 